welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. We wish you a safe and happy 2020. Now that the holidays are over, let's catch up with Matt and this week's guest. Matt welcomes Cynthia Hetherington from the Hetherington Group. Cynthia has spent the last 20 years training and teaching investigators how to do research. She's a published author and has received numerous awards for her contributions to the investigative community. She also happens to be the organizer for the annual Osmosis Conference for Open Source Investigations. This episode is brought to you by the Society of Professional Investigators, Tracers and Magellan Investigations. Having trouble getting reliable bank search information? Do you struggle getting insurance information? These are some of the specialty investigations offered by Magellan Investigations. Contact J.D. Spell at 404-272-6224 or visit their site at MagellanInvestigations.com for more info. Now, thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode. So for the first time this decade, here's your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome to the next episode of PI Perspectives. I'm your host, Matt, and uh, we have a special guest today a legend in the industry, welcoming Cynthia Hetherington to our program. Welcome, Cynthia. Well, hello, Matt. Thank you very much for having me on the program. Very excited to be part of PI Perspectives, and I uh, look forward to this chat. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited that we we're able to book something and get it in. You're, uh, you're a pretty busy girl these days. That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, understatement, right? Pretty, been pretty busy for the last 20 years or so, right? Yeah. Scheduling is actually the hardest thing a PI has to do, and Sorry, we got a dog barking in the background. That's, that's okay. Uh, working from co-locations happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you may hear an ambulance in the background here. We're in New York City, so. A couple of years ago, I bought a building, a house, like a lot of attorneys and accountants do, and I converted it into an office just so I could bring my dog to work with me. Right. And all my staff brings their dogs in. But the downside of it, the dogs only bark when you're on a phone call. So. <laughs> <laughs> you train them well. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, well, let me give you a little background on Cynthia for those folks that actually don't know who she is. She is the founder and president of the Hetherington Group, which specializes in cyber investigations. She also does publishing and she does a lot of training. Her company, the Hetherington Group, is, is a leader in due diligence, corporate intelligence, and uh, cyber investigations. She's wrote a couple books. And uh, I was talking to Paul recently, your, uh, your operations guy, and he said, you, get, you train like over 7,000 people a year currently. Uh, I'll have to go with that number. There's yeah. just a lot. It's a yeah. blur. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Great. So you do a newsletter, you do a blog, you also host the Osmosis Conference, which we're going to cover in a little bit. All this coming from a librarian, right? That That's your background. Well, that's true. And it, when you think about it from that perspective, you have to almost expect it because librarians are all about information sharing. So in every way, shape, and form throughout my entire career, as a traditional librarian, and I converted into being a private investigator, I still have the work ethic of a librarian who cannot hold information close to heart but has to share. So if if that means teaching, blogging, podcasting, or publishing, I'm going to do that. And And I like that the trend of late has been that my professional PIs are also following suit and doing much of the same. Yeah. I mean, there's just been this whole push for uh, digging deeper. There's podcastings, there's there's blogs, there's uh, video, you know, YouTube channels on how to do certain things. It's, it's pretty amazing uh, how everyone's kind of doing their part to make each person better at what they do. I think it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So you've done like some due diligence work and in corporate intelligence. I was reading uh, that you've actually worked on uh, some pretty high profile Ponzi schemes. Uh, the two biggest ones in the United States, apparently covered a few million dollars. 
follow up, Bernie Madoff and the Stanford case. Yeah. So, unfortunately, in the PI business, most of our work, we, we can't talk about, you know, who our clients are, but you pretty much can read about one of my clients on an almost daily basis from the newspaper. But the two that you can talk about are the ones that went to jail, Bernie Madoff, certainly. We worked um, trying to uncover SIPSI funds that were going and getting paid out to the respondents who were basically defrauded by Madoff. And then the Stanford case was another big engagement, which we still have ongoing work with actually up until this date, even though it's past a decade. So the reputation, the, the vigilant work ethic and everything else that we put out there, we, we do get quite a few name plate kind of cases. But unfortunately, again, you know, those things are all under non-disclosure agreements. Right, right. Well, I don't want to get you in any trouble. So one of the other things you do, obviously you're a keynote speaker, you go around and you talk at different places, but you really have this like passion towards um, women in the um, cyber technology and information technology. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the collaborations that you've done and, and what you're involved in with that? It's been really a, a great ride for me. And I've enjoyed being, uh, in many cases, the lone female in the room for most of the cyber investigative efforts and endeavors that we've done over the course of the past 20, 25 years. So now the effort is to try to empower and enrich young women into doing the same type of cyber investigation, cybersecurity, and uh, internet investigation style work. And there's an excellent organization out there called CybHer, which is C-Y-B-H-E-R.org, run by two university professors at Dakota State University. Dr. Ashley, Dr. Pam, being those two professors, introduced me to the cyber program, I'd say about two years ago. We had a great experience. We did this event called Rocket Girls, where we went down to Cape Canaveral, got to meet with astronauts, got to meet with, I mean, the absolute leaders like Vince Cerf, Tim Berners-Lee. These are the inventors of the internet and the World Wide Web. It wasn't Al Gore? Yeah. Al Gore was in the email chain. Okay, there you go. His idea. So, <laughs> some serious players. I mean, I, I kind of was like just a, a fly on the wall, just admiring from afar these people who have basically created the career path for all of us on this, on this call. And, um, Vince Cerf was great because his mom was a librarian and, you know, he was very friendly and, and outgoing. But the, the wonderful thing is that the best person in a room wasn't these real leaders, but it, it was the young girls from at the point, at that point, it was mostly South and North Dakota who came in for the event, who were just the recipients of, you know, basically the old people in the room, namely me and the rest of them talking about what kind of careers and adventures they have. And they were so in, and excited because, you know, you could get up there and say, hey, I invented the internet. And everyone's like, wow, okay. You know, Thomas Edison invented the phone and you had all these other real leaders, but it doesn't really attract to the young mind. But I got up there and started talking about how these girls could, you know, figure out if their parents were watching their Snapchat conversations or how to look up someone they were interested in at school you know, essentially the work that you and I do, Matt. You made it relatable for them, right? This is yeah, how you, you know, in your space. I told kids how to stalk each other. Right. Nice. And they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. We had such a great time. And it was really, it was the gift that gave back to me. So I've been super involved with getting the information out there. There's a lot of great programs. I'd encourage your listeners to check out cyber.org and see if they could get their kids and their daughters involved in this program because there's a lot of opportunity and it's just theirs for the picking. That's great. And you've, you've gotten some awards through that, right? The Dakota State University has a, the Cyber Warrior Award. Enterprising Women actually gave you something as well, right? Yeah, this was the year of the award. Right. I um, 
I think if you're the last person standing in the room after 20 years, like they handed to you. <laughs> Finally, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would hope to think that it was because of my advocacy for helping others in the industry. I mean, it's not just about helping young girls get into cyber investigations, but also about getting um, retired law enforcement or military into our industry as investigators, how to translate right. the skills they learned in their rigorous profession. Right. You know, you come over to the PI world, it's not just about being a great investigator. You also have to be great at marketing and yeah. great at customer engagement. So yeah. Yeah. fulfillment, you got to, you got to get those jobs to, uh, to keep it moving, right? You got to pay those bills. Um, Absolutely. So one of the things I thought was cool, because the, the, the first time that I had met you, actually, I was trying to figure this out the other day. And uh, I went to a seminar that you had put on in New Jersey. I think it was like in Princeton for the police department. God, it had been about 2008 or 2009, I think. Um, it was like one of these all day things. And what I remember the most, not only was the material great there, but you actually took the time to talk to everybody. And like my background is not in law enforcement, right? I went to school, I graduated, city went on a hiring freeze. It's like, go figure it out, kid. You know, sorry, doors are all closed. And I essentially, you know, started my own thing and did my own thing. And, you know, just making yourself available to answer questions, I thought was fantastic. And, you know, we don't have the technology, like we didn't have it back then that we have right now. Yeah, I could email you, but it, but that accessibility that we have right now, it, it, LinkedIn wasn't around or anything like that. It didn't exist. So like, you know, being able to be in a room with you and, and ask questions, they're like, there was value to that. So I, I found that, uh, that first exposure to your training, I got it. Like at, at that point, you know, you, you probably had just started off doing that as well. I'm sure you were a few years into doing it. And I've seen it actually progress over the years, which is pretty cool too, because I've followed up and I've done other classes and just seeing, you know, how everything runs much smoother now than it did back then. The absolute growth of the, uh, of the in-class training has really um, changed. And I have a funny story on that and about those engagements and being available and, and accessible to your audience. Right. So, Probably in the late 90s and early 2000s, I was doing training for an organization called the High Technology Crime Investigators Association, or HTCIA. And, you know, we call us geeks with guns. And I'd been a member for a while. The San Jose affiliate asked me to come out and do a lecture. So being a pretty straightforward, straight-laced librarian, I always come in very conservative clothing. I'm very professional. And I didn't engage socially with any of the attendees. Because I would do my lecture and then I'd go back to my room and, you know, worry about the next thing. Because, you know, like a lot of my PIs, you're not just out there, you know, with that one opportunity. You also have to go back to your room and do your casework and talk right. to your clients and run your office. So you're juggling a lot. And to take 10 minutes out of a day to have a glass of wine or a coffee with someone is a big expense. And someone pulled me aside at that conference and I just was exhausted. I had done like 10 lectures in a row traveling all over. And, it put, and I stopped and I said, wow, they actually were going to have a wine tasting and pizza party here at the conference afterwards. So I was like, well, I think I'll stick around for that because I'm hungry and I like a glass of wine. Somebody walked up to me and said, I can't believe you stayed. You never stayed these things. Wow. And you're you're hanging out with that. They made me feel like I was like Diana Ross having a private sing along with someone afterwards. I was so inaccessible to them. I didn't realize it until they pointed it out. And wow. from that day on, I made sure to make myself always available because you know, Matt, you have to realize when people either pay, well, you know, they could be paying money, could be coming out of their own pocket. Right. And if it's not money, it's valuable time they're giving to you because they're trying to learn something from you. You really need to make yourself available to them because they've made the effort to meet you. So you've got to meet them halfway and, and yeah. be present 
and be helpful. And, you know, and then the best other advice is if you don't have answers that they come with, with the questions, get back to them, follow up, make sure that their question is important to you. Even if the answer is, I don't know the answer. Yeah. And that's, uh, I was speaking with, uh, with John Hoda about this recently, about going to these, you know, seminars and, and these uh, two or three day things of, of, you know, the sacrifice of, you know, having to do business, you know, earn, earn in your room, earning money and, and, and the balance of all that. And really like just understanding that that networking is so important because it's actually making your brand more valuable because mm-hmm. of the networking that you're doing and the relationships that you're actually building. That's almost just as important as the technology that you're learning about, right? Establishing those relationships and, and learning how to do this. That's why I love osmosis, like going to it because listen, I pick up tidbits here and there on how to get a little better at the things that I do. But the relationships that I, I foster there with people, there are a lot of investigators in the room and they're from all over. I mean, it's not just this country that people come from from other countries and, and just building that network. You know, that, that's the value that nobody really talks about. That it's hard to advertise about, too, when you're getting your uh, your um, um, stuff out there. So I thought your funny story was going to be a stalker or something. You made yourself available <laughs> for it. But but this this works, too. This is good. And, and definitely uh, it highlights. The oh, I've had, the, doing this I've had the stalkers, too. They definitely <laughs> Some of them are repeat visitors and, you know, you just acknowledge them in the field and you walk quickly back to, you know, your safe place. <laughs> yeah, you run, run, run quickly, <laughs> run quickly into the arms of your team. Okay, so um, I, we're going to jump out real quick, uh, take a quick break. And when we get back in, I want to start talking about osmosis a little more just so folks understand exactly what it is and, and the benefits behind it. So we're going to jump out. We'll be back real quick. This episode is brought to you by the Society of Professional Investigators, Magellan Investigations and Tracers. Give Traces a call to find out why corporations rely on the extensive data they provide to perform critical due diligence, fraud investigations, risk management, and internal investigations. The new Tracers data linking algorithm scan will connect you with data results and complete background information to help you achieve your company's specific management solution goals. Their website is tracers.com or call 877-592-8511. Mention the Heatherington Group, and they will set you up with a free trial. Back to Matt. And we are back here with PI Perspectives. We're talking with uh, Cynthia Heatherington of the Heatherington Group. Welcome back, Cynthia. Well, thank you. Okay, so we were uh, just covering a little bit about osmosis and the benefits of of marketing and all that. Um, Let's talk about this this training, uh, in-person training seminar called Osmosis. Why don't you break it down for me? Tell me exactly what it is and, and the benefits for it. Osmosis is really the um, the hill that I needed to climb over and needed to own. I've been training within the private investigation, security, cyber, and every other associated field for 20 years, but I never felt like there was an event that I could go to where I was going to really take away learning and education from the trainers that were there for the work that I did. It, Matt, it's kind of hard to see yourself in the mix of all these other groups, you're always just a tandem. In other words, um, the security conferences where they've got gates, guards, and dogs. I don't do any of that. I sit behind a computer and research all day. So I get a little. There's always one or two speakers at that conference. I get a little out of that. Or the fraud conference is fantastic, but I'm not doing business valuation. So I wanted a conference for people who are like me, which there are so many. And, and, you know, now OSINT is a term that we flip around every day. I, for the last 15 early years, called the Internet Investigations. Now we call it OSINT. So there are job titles, there are professionals, but there's no standard for 
this field. And what I'm trying to do with osmosis is create a, first of all, create a networking group of OSINT professionals. And osmosis is, and, and you called it out, and I noticed this very much in the last year, the statistics show that our international partners are really also hungry for this. Right. So about 30% of our last year's attendees were international attendees. And then from there, we also see a real growth in the expertise and the level of expertise, because this is not just about a how to open up a Google browser, but really how to use Google as part of your, you know, your arsenal of investigative tools. So the training has really stepped up in the last five years. And now the key thing I thought, which is really great and kind of you to notice is the networking opportunity, because not all things are available in open source. So what you can't get off of a computer or from a document, you might need a partner in a foreign country to help you locate. And that's where Osmosis really, you know, caters to those investigators and their networking, um, you know, collaborations that they've created from there. I don't know. I think maybe you should do it in another country, right? Start planning uh, to go somewhere warm. (laughs) Just throwing it out there, you know? I know, right? uh, Everyone's asking about the, you know, when's the uh, Cayman Island osmosis and, and uh, hey i'm all for it you know i'm i'm ready but uh you, you know we are hosting this year speaking of warm we'll be in san diego so we're real excited about that right. and uh we will see we already have registrations i don't even have speakers lined up yet but i have about 20 registrations for the conference because you know the the quality of training and the expectations of the attendees has just increased over the years so we're really feeling very confident and this one will be a lot of fun. I mean, we have amazing vendors that support us, which I should mention. The other thing that the conference brings is a cluster of vendors that support this profession. True. And again, at the big conferences where you go to see, you know, you might get thousands of vendors at GSX. And I go. I mean, I'm part of it. I want to see, even if it's just two vendors out of 20, I want to see them. But this really helps the investigator learn about what products are out there and how they compare to each other because they're all standing next to each other at our event. It's a nice balance. So it's like not only, it's not like it's thousands of, of vendors that are there. So it's like you you actually have the time and you always build it into your program too to, to make that networking time available to have um, a discussion, right? And I like that you know, it, because they're not a thousand vendors, like you, you can spend a little more time and speak to, you know, who you need to, to speak to and really get an idea of what's out there and what's available. Um, and even having some of them, you know, participate in the, you know, pre, pre-con training or the bits and bytes section of it to get that extra little kick of, okay, let me see how this works here. And, and uh, you know, running through the wares of what they do, I, I think it's great. It's really a big benefit. Well, I appreciate that. The, the style of our conference is different from any other private detective conference or trade show because the the presenters that go up on stage, the actual presenters that get, you know, the, the golden eight, as we call them, they have to actually teach something. We don't ask anyone to come up and give a war story. If I have attendees flying in all the way from Belgium, I want them to get some material out of the class and learn something. So no one's up there telling war stories or selling their products. But I do have to respect my vendors. And what I learned, not from the PI conferences, but from the librarian conferences, is a whole different approach to conferencing. Wait a second. They, have, they a, have conferences? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. 
huge conferences. You know, we take over entire cities That's usually so cool. for. <laughs> But, yeah, you'll never hear them, but they're very, you know, yeah, it's a rowdy, quiet group. They, they have signs, you know, <laughs> keep your voice down, be quiet. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> the Congo line that goes past your hotel room, it'll be like a soft hush. <laughs> Super quiet. <laughs> That's amazing. They have all these really great touch points at these librarian conferences. I mean, it is a, you know, we'll call it what it is. It's a gentler audience. It's, you're definitely more about engagement, what you called me out on earlier about staying back from my, you know, attendees. Mm-hmm. It's about what else can I answer for you? What else can I do for you? So my conference development style is in the same vein where I want to make sure that there's no question that gets unasked. You know, we might not have all the answers there, but there's no question that gets unasked. So we definitely build in time for our attendees to really, you know, kick the tires, take the car for a ride and enjoy, you know, whatever they want to enjoy there. Yeah, I mean, listen, every vendor or or every presenter that I ever asked a question to or followed up with an email always got back to me. You know, there was always that, that follow up. It's almost like, Hey, we're in this together. You know, like let's, let's get it done. Show either show me how to do it or, you know, I'd like to hire you to do it for me uh, type of thing. It's just uh, it, it, the whole experience folks, if you haven't done it, you really should, you know, consider making the investment to go and do it. And yeah, I get it. I understand you got it. You're walking away from your business for two days, but you really, you can't look at it that way. There's just so much more to the picture. Osmosis is in San Diego. I'm not mad about that. I was actually, uh, I think, one of the first people to register for it. So uh, yeah. I, I was all in. <laughs> I, I don't surf, but hey, you know, maybe I'll stay out for a couple of days and take a lesson. Let's talk about one of your other passions, um, and that's the the Data to Know newsletter. Explain to me what that is, how you came up with it, and um, why is it important for just the average investigator to, to make that investment and, and make sure they get that uh, subscription? Data to know is a is a fun story, and, and I definitely it's going to be hitting its nineteenth year, I believe. We're either nineteen or twenty. I'm sorry, nineteenth issue is coming out in January. So nineteen years ago, I was teaching a class of law enforcement investigators, and the email questions just kept piling up and piling up afterwards. And I thought, well, for every email answer I give back, if I can only just spread that out. So I said, well, I'll print a little newsletter up. And, you know, I was having some fun with it. And it was also a a business offering from a newsletter publisher where it was a, you know, a deal I couldn't miss. So an industry partner reached out and said, I'll publish this newsletter for you. It'll look professional. And I thought, wow, an opportunity to put something out there that's really professional. And, you know, they'll proofread it and they lay it out and all these other things. And it was fantastic. And I gave out the newsletter for free at first. And then I realized I was stuffing over 200 envelopes and I was mailing and postage and all those other pieces. But it, it really stuck. And I said, you know, good things are seldom cheap and cheap things are seldom good. So I started charging for it. Right. Ironically, once I started charging for it, the sale uh, and the, the shipment of it skyrocketed. I mean, it tripled in volume. Right. So now I'm stuffing 600 envelopes and shipping them out, but it was worth it. And this was a, it's a nice little, venue for investigators because nowadays you're going to be publishing and producing through blogs if you're doing it textually and it's fantastic but what what a newsletter that sits on your customer's desk says eight times a year is hey i'm still here if you have anything you need to get done yeah and it's it's marketing because it's just my it's just my newsletter it's just my intelligence but eight times a year you're reminding your client hey i i know this stuff and i'm really good at what i do yeah. We write about articles that are relevant to our industry. I always have that, again, that retiring detective coming into the private eye industry in mind or 
or the young analyst who's looking for more sources. We review the different products that are out there in the market. We look at as many of the free sources that we can, and we basically tear them apart and rebuild them. We deconstruct what's available, and we explain the uses of it for the internet. Right. One of the earliest ones was a lot of fun with the, um, the not.com, although it used to be called the weddingchannel.com. They said, well, if you're trying to find the relations of an individual and you, you can't find them, you know, because his name's too common, but you know his sister was getting married last month, go and check out our wedding registry on the wedding channel. And, you know, we just like, it's always in little blurbs. It's never long and drawn out. It's always in a paragraph, like go to weddingchannel.com, plug in a bride or groom's name, and all the family that are being invited in the wedding party will be listed. So they love that. And it's really good. And it's 19th year. We're going through another revision of it this coming year. It's um, it's getting even more glamorized and better content, better proofreading. So super excited. No, it's and good. Matt, as you know, more content's coming out. So there's yeah. always something to write about. Yeah. And, you know, it... What I was going to say before is, you know, it's such a great resource, right? So I'm, I'm kind of like the, the geeky librarian too, full, full disclosure. Like I, I take all those data to nose and I got them all filed, you know, and I, and I know like when I need to go look at something, all right, how do you do this? Or someone on my team, you know, like I need to train them how to do, like, here's a good resource, you know, check, check this out, check this place. Oh, did you know about this? Um, you know, did you know um, that, that you have the ability to search at this particular website and that, that it, it does that. So it's, uh, it, well, Hey Matt, right. you know, subscribers of the newsletter can also back search the last 19 years, right? All the issues, uh, subscribers have access to every issue that's ever been printed, you know, regardless of when they subscribed. Right. So if you right. are trying to find the best Chinese property search, because you just got a case that showed up on your desk, it says, I need to find properties in China. You know, we've written about it. We've yeah. certainly, you know, we've covered in 19 years just about every website out there. So you just have to search China and property under our database and you'll have access to it. Yeah. Another reason to subscribe to this and, it, it, yeah, we'll put the, the, the link to it in the in the bio so folks can easily go check it out. But I've been a subscriber to that for, wow, I can't even remember how long, but it's uh it's been a while, and I love to read them on the plane too. Like when I'm flying somewhere to a conference, that and PI magazine, you know, and just like let me catch up a little bit. <laughs> and, oh, uh, I know. Yeah. Those trade journals are always really excellent for that type of flying, but but you got to be careful the covers because when you have something like PI magazine and you're sitting next to the guy next to you, it gives you the long eyes all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then then or it it breaks into a conversation you don't want to have, right? Oh, that's interesting. Tell me about it. It's like no, I'd rather do some work. Thank you. <laughs> you know? We'll carry the ACFC magazine with the word fraud on the. Cover. <laughs> there you go. See what kind of conversations that starts. <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on what class I'm sitting on the airline, right? Yeah. <laughs> that'll, yes. that'll go from there. Um, yeah, that's that's been great. And, you know, you, you have a great staff too. So I know Rachel like the, is very involved with doing that. She's been great. I actually had the uh, the opportunity to do a, um, a certified fraud examiner's conference. Uh, she was a, a speaker at the same one I was speaking at. And man, I was so impressed. I've, you know, I know Rachel, I've known her for, for a long time now, but I've never actually seen her, her work get up in front of people and, and, and talk about it. I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is what Cynthia would do. This is really awesome the way that she handled it. So you're definitely surrounding yourself with good people. I've uh, found, and again, in light to what you were referencing earlier about encouraging people to network and get out there, the industry of 
librarians or, you know, frankly, OSINT investigators tend to be more introverted people. They're not actually outgoing. Surveillance guys are very outgoing. but Too much. (laughs) Yeah. Researchers tend to be a little inward. And um, for every one of my investigators, and Rachel Karnofeld is my investigations manager, they have a requirement with me not only to do, you know, excellent investigations as they grow, they also have to do webinars, presentations, they have to write. And this sounds like, oh, it's like a homework assignment, but this is to develop their skills. I I always joke that I like to build my own competition, but I want to encourage everyone in our industry to have the ability to really just step up and do any one of the jobs in my office, including mine. And that's why, Rachel, you'll see Rachel at a lot of the conferences you normally would see me at. Right. Because, you know, one person can only be at one place at a time. And Rachel also has an excellent perspective on the type of work that we do because she is approaching it with a younger mindset right. and a more proactive. I mean, she's definitely in the weeds a lot more these days than I am with doing casework. So she's picking up on a lot of the newer stuff earlier. And it's really fantastic to both learn from her and work alongside her in these endeavors. That's great. There are a lot of really uh, great young minds out there. Like Eddie Ajab is another guy that that I can think off the top of my head. You know, have a conversation with Eddie on how he does his research. And, you know, you'd just be amazed how just a different perspective, someone who's, you know, maybe not been through the trenches you've been through, but is is looking at it with a fresh set of um, eyes and, you know, just a different angle of trying to approach something. Uh, It's very creative and it's, it's exciting, man, to like to talk to folks that are doing that stuff. Well, if I can also... Hold on. That's all right. Give it a sec. The dogs have spoken. (laughs) Speaking of uh, outspoken people, (laughs) the UPS man is trying to, how dare he deliver a package to the door. This is a great opportunity to mention to the, that uh, oftentimes the old gumshoe detective may have felt a little threatened by the young upstart coming into the industry. Right. And the behavior of a lot of the traditional detectives was to keep their their information siloed, to keep their resources and their their methodology to themselves. And I've had I even had employees who said, "I don't want to teach this to anyone else. This is my tradecraft." Right. Which my head, you can't see my head pop off my shoulders faster than when you say, "This is mine, and I won't share it because yeah, my, I'm all about sharing." My special sauce, right? Those those folks got to go. You know, and first of all, it makes me question is. You're, what you're doing is legal and ethical, ethical because right. if you're not willing to share your methods, I'm going to question them. <laughs> but then secondly, I have to wonder, um, you know, why are you being so close to that? And it's because they feel that, frankly, younger or maybe not as experienced will be a threat because they'll come up with the one shiny marble. Right. And just the opposite needs to happen. You really need to get somebody with a new or fresh perspective, with a naive perspective, let's call it. Right into your workforce or into your dialogue to help you see things a little differently. And my business, I mean, professionally and, you know, statistically has exploded since I started incorporating different view sets, different perspectives and younger mindsets to them. I mean, we've probably quadrupled our um, investigative income in the last three years. Uh, And it matches every time I get a new investigator on, you see growth. So, yeah, that's great. I can't advocate harder for these younger minds. That's great. Uh, you, you're probably turning away less work, right? I'm sure there was a point where you had to say, okay, you know, I can do that for you, but it's going to take uh, quite a bit of time to turn it around and uh, you don't have to do that, right? 
Absolutely. I don't have to turn away work. And, you know, sometimes it's not even just the amount of work. It's like, oh, that's the drudgery type work. I don't like doing that. But, right. you know, maybe somebody else in my office absolutely loves those types of cases. And, and I'm like, okay, it's yours, you know, run with it. That's great. That's really awesome. So uh, let's move on for a bit because I want to talk a little bit about the webinars and the training and, and what that looks like. Somebody who's who's never visited your website or never done one of your webinars, can you break it down for me and, and tell me a little bit about what that is and, and the benefits that you have for um, attending one of these things? The webinars are offered every single month with the exception of October when osmosis happens. They're 50-minute webinars, um, the standard set of webinars, the, the monthly webinars. We will in 2020 also have some more uh, private label webinars as well, definitely more advanced content that's dealing with uh, circumstances or issues for the year and what investigators need. But just out of the gate, brand new open source intelligence and internet investigations training is done in 60-minute um, blocks. If you log on live, it also qualifies you for continuing education credits with NASBA, um, ASIS, ACFE, and about four other institutions. They're all open for continuing education credits. And they're fun. They're light. They're very much a discussion like this with um, just chock full of resources and tools to use. We cover everything from... Uh, advanced Google searching, you know, some of the things that we've got to brush up on, you forget half of what you learn and then you pick it up again. And then you also get a uh, dark web, undercover investigations, everything online, all things pertaining to internet investigations, but from our, you know, as of the moment perspective. Right. Yeah. It's great. It's just um, a fountain of, of resources, which is just fantastic. Um, yeah. I've, I've actually, uh, purchased a couple and, you know, I brush up every now and then. And one of the thing that, things that's important to remember too, uh, if you do uh, the classes is, is go back and take them um, a year or two later and make sure that, you know, uh, you know, technology changes the way to do things like what we could do one day, we might not be able to do this day. And it's always important that you keep doing those refreshers and you follow up and, and really make sure that you understand, you know, your ability to everything that you can actually do really important. Yeah, we're real excited. We just laid out the topics for 2020, which Paul will be posting on our website uh, probably within the next few days. And we're certainly going to see a lot of, you know, revisits to sites that are no longer there. I mean, the one thing that open source investigators struggle with regularly is that when you do rely on a, a host of free websites, there's no expectation that they'll be there five weeks from now. And if you thought that you were going to gather information, you're not. Matt, if I could give you a great example, we have an investigator who's looking to search ISBN numbers. Yeah, because, I saw that. I saw that, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a listserv question that came through, and I wrote that investigator, and I wrote him off list, and I said, you know, send it to me. I'll, I'll do a quick search on it because I know, obviously, the librarian of me knows book numbers. And I found the global book database, the global registry of numbers, and I located who owns the actual ISBN number for him. And it took me about five minutes of searching. But trust me, I will write an entire article for Data to Know on it. I will put, I will build this into a webinar. Yeah. And this will be content that the future will have. And like you say, if you come back a year from now and you watch an old webinar, it might be just at that point where you're like, oh, I needed this for this case. So Right. Right. That, that's awesome. That's really, uh, really great. And, uh 
what are your plans for the for the future? I know you started getting a little bit into twenty twenty, but like, what do you what do you see as like the the roadmap for the uh, Hetherington Group for the for the next year? Twenty twenty is going to be a very busy year. We're celebrating throughout the year the twentieth anniversary of my company. So you know, it's like a like a TV um, celebrity TV show where we're giving away a lot in this coming year. Right. And that's just a big thanks to, you know, the industry who supported me because, you know, a lot like yourself, Matt, I didn't come from the police community. I kind of came in, found my way and, you know, thank God I made it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I say the same thing here. too. <laughs> oh How did I do this? <laughs> you know what? It's because you're good. It's because you have a product your clients like, you're fair, you're honest, you have a good work ethic. And when you can't do something, you know, you recognize that too. And that's all your clients ask of you. Yeah. Well, so, thank you for that. I, and I know it and I, you know, I've known you a long time and, and I see a lot of, you know, you mentioned Ed Ajib, you know, his company, Night... Nighthawk. Yeah, Nighthawk Strategies. Nighthawk. Yeah. Nighthawk Strategies. That's right. I saw that in him about five years ago and started encouraging him to produce and create more. And so our job in 2020 is to help encourage the younger companies to grow, to give them opportunities to help create a better place than what we found. And in my space of doing that personally is to try to enrich investigators as much as I can, because I would rather, you know, we set the benchmark of what a solid investigator looks like and a professional investigation should, you know, sound like. And then from there we can, you know, we enjoy the riches and that's, you know, watching other people succeed. Yeah. And that's, that's great. There's, you know, there's definitely a push for that these, uh, these days. And that's, uh, you know, something that I had brought to your, uh, to your attention, um, towards the end of, I guess the fourth quarter here that, uh, you know, I had this idea of putting together something called the investigators toolbox. And when I told you about it, you started laughing and you said, whip out your phone. I want to show you something. I'm like, okay. And you tell me to type it in and there's the investigators toolbox from 1995 that he had started doing. Uh, and I thought that was really hilarious. I'm like, well, Cindy had this great idea, right? She started doing it and, um, you know, obviously life took her in a certain direction and you had to make choices on it. But now that technology is so much uh, better in the things that we can do and offer. I'm like, I'm going to give a stab. So, um, you know, I talked to you about this and, and folks are going to see this coming uh, probably end of first quarter uh, will be the launch on it. And it's essentially a resource community for investigators. I've been in, in, in talks with you guys about having you involved with it in, in some way. And, you know, we'll get, we'll get to that later on uh, as we get closer to the launch. But I'm really excited that you guys are actually going to be a part of this and uh, we're able to push I'm it. I'm just glad you're taking it over. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and, hope. you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, John Hoda about it because uh, he'll be involved with it in, in a way, too. And he goes, oh, you're looking to be like a curator for, for information resource. I was like wow, that's a perfect way to put it. And I immediately thought of you. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's, it's amazing. So we'll, we'll talk about that more on, on another uh, episode, but I just wanted to mention just kind of the tie in about how supportive um, you've been um, as I'm creating this thing and doing this thing. So I thank you for that. And uh, just the inspiration too. Um, and I know uh, you'll continue to make yourself available as I have questions, I hope, <laughs> as I'm designing and building this thing. I, I just think it's fantastic that it continues. I mean, and, and John is right, to curate the best resources and the alternative resources that are available and accessible in one place for an investigator is truly, it's a treasure trove. And you could, you know, try to Google every answer, but it's just not possible. And, you know, besides having the investigator's toolbox a billion years ago when I put it together, I've also remember one of the 
books I wrote with um, Mark Sankey in BRB Publications was the Manual to Online Public Records. Right. And it, trust me, Mark really wrote the book. Excuse me, Mike wrote the book. Mark's Mike, his brother. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike wrote the book. I wrote like the first five chapters, but the entire book is basically Alabama to Wyoming, what to find in every single state. Yeah. But we always had it on the website. So I would literally hold the book in front of an audience and say, this is a great book to put on your desk and to hold, you know, that wobbly leg, because if you really want to find the most current information, go to the website. It's free. And if that website ever goes down, I'm just going to close up shop because I don't want to have to rediscover every source in 400 different locations. So you're doing the same thing, but making it collective about all the information that we use in our industry. So it's real exciting to be part of watch the growth of and have an opinion on because I always have one of those. <laughs> yeah. And the cool part about it is the way it's being designed is that it's going to be a thousand percent searchable. So it's like even like down to whether it's the title of, of, of a particular chain or in within the body of, of a message, you know, if, if you have an inquiry and it, and those keywords are showing up, it's going to pull it up so it's going to be pretty amazing so uh but again that's for another day today's uh cynthia hetherington and, and uh, i just wanted to say thank you for that because really you know part of the um you know we, we had a, a conversation in october um and i was just kind of still finding what i wanted it to be and and how it was and, and you were very supportive you actually asked me to stand up in your own congratulations speech in front of you know hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of investigators and just thank you for that because that was so unnecessary but it, you know you're you, you've inspired me to to keep going on this thing. And I'm really excited to bring this thing to the market. And when it's ready to go, we'll, we'll do a whole official, you know, a PR launch. So yeah, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to wrap things down here. I, uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know like uh, folks hear the name, right. And they see the website, but they don't really know like who you are and what you're about. So I wanted to have you on just to kind of not so much talk about, uh, you know, technology type of stuff, but like who you are and, um, you know, really what your passions are and, and how you approach this business and the fact that you are approachable. So I, I do appreciate you taking the time here. Uh, this was great. I, um, I can't wait for this episode to air and, um, you know, just thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate your time, your listeners' time and attention. Just have them know that they can always email me a question. I'm a librarian first. Right. And um, if there is a follow-up, I'm happy to answer that. And, you know, the best of luck with your rollout. I know it's not official yet, but I'm looking forward to supporting you and and PI Perspectives. Awesome. So uh, give me your email real quick, how folks can get a hold of you. My email address is ch at heatheringtongroup.com. Okay, and we're going to put a link to that in the um, in the bio too, and all the ways to get the webinar, to get the um, uh, the data to know, and, and all that good stuff. Okay, so thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode. Cynthia truly is Bernie Madoff's worst nightmare. This was a special episode, and we thank Cynthia for joining us. Make sure you visit her website, heatheringtongroup.com, and check out her newsletter data to know. If you like brushing up on your search skills, register for one of her webinars today. You won't be disappointed. Also, be sure to check out Matt's contribution in the book, The Art of Investigation. A link will be in the show info. Make sure you check out Matt's chapter on energy. The book is now available. A special thank you to Tracers, Magellan Investigations, and the Society of Professional Investigators for sponsoring. You can find the SPI website at spionline.com. Dot info. 
Make sure you check out the first international conference on medical serial murders hosted by SPI in New York City on March 20th. Next week, we welcome accident reconstruction expert Gary Wilsh from At The Scene Investigations. We'll see you next time on PI Perspectives.